You're listening to The Droidcast, a dog and pup production starring Roger and Tristan. Each week, this father and son team brings you news, interviews, and information about Star Wars The Old Republic. Hello and welcome to the Droidcast. This is Roger coming to you on Saturday, December 10th, a mere three days before the pre-launch, which we are dying to get into. Now, if you are listening to this, it's possible that you came from one of my other podcasts, most likely probably for the lore, a fantastic podcast that I do with uh, two other gentlemen, Joe and Vince. And that is a podcast that is devoted to story-driven games. And we have discussed The Old Republic at length on that show. I also do The Comic Book Informer with Vince, which is a fantastic comic book podcast if you're into that. Those two gentlemen, however, will not be joining me on this podcast. It will be on periodically, and they're going to do some features, such as for this episode, Joe has a fantastic feature for our Questline segment. Now... Long-time listeners may even remember me back in the day from Wow Dogs. Now, we're talking a long time ago here, four or five years ago when I did that podcast. And if you were a loyal listener, you will even remember a guest that I had on that podcast a couple of times. When it came time for me to think about the Old Republic, I really wanted to do a podcast, and there basically was only one person that I wanted to do it with, and it's someone that I've been talking about playing the game with for a bloody long time, ever since the game was announced, and that is my son, Tristan. Now, I lucked out, and he actually was very excited about doing this podcast. So, we are now going to be presenting you this weekly podcast where we're going to be doing news information and some interviews and features on Star Wars The Old Republic. So, Tristan, welcome to the interwebs. You're officially a podcaster. This is awesome. I think it's awesome, too. Yeah. So, now, just to give a little... um, you know, backstory here in terms of what our experiences has been with the Old Republic so far. We got lucky and got into three beta weekends. We got into, um, the first one was a, just one of our emails got selected for the beta access, but we lucked out and it was the Canadian Thanksgiving long weekend. So we actually got to play a lot that weekend on one account and we took turns playing different characters. And that was kind of fun. I didn't get much into the game, but I did get an Imperial Spy up to level 6. Isn't very high, as you know, but you do see a lot within just a short period of time. Well, actually, that's that's still fairly high because I do know a lot of characters, or not, I shouldn't say characters, a lot of people that in their beta weekends, that tended to be, you know, they, they'd get a few characters up to six. Not everybody would put in as many hours as we did playing kind of thing. And some people only got one character up to six. Some people would finish that starter planet off. But I mean, that's still, excuse me, you're still only looking at level, you know, nine-ish to finish that that first starter planet anyway, so that's not bad. But you played more than just the Imperial Agent that time. You played, uh, well, a bounty hunter for a few levels, did you not as well? No, I haven't tried the bounty hunter yet. I'm waiting best oh. for last, I <laughs> hope. <laughs> um, now, we also got lucky for two other beta weekends, and that there we actually really lucked out because they selected one of my other email addresses because i i actually registered on several email addresses like some people did to to increase my chances of actually getting into the beta of course and we got in on your email address as well so there were two weekends there where we got to play actually together which was a hell of a lot of fun 
yeah, we got the smuggler and trooper up to level nine. Then we got the Jedi characters, the Jedi counselor and Jedi knight up to level, what was yours again? Uh, we were closing in on that. Well, actually, I played longer than you on that one because yours topped out at around 10. 12, no, 12, yeah. And I actually got mine all the way to level 18, I believe. Where and you got your own ship. Because I got my own ship, yeah. So we'll get a little bit more into the, the, the characters that we actually played in a little bit. But yeah, so we got to have three beta weekends, two of which we got to play together. And it is a game that is far different playing together. Now, you and I, well, me and all the kids, we have actually, there's four kids, but three of them are, are grown up and moved out yet. But I've played games with, with all of them. I mean, I remember marathon Diablo 2 gameplay with, with your older brother, and I remember playing with the girls, and we played Rock Band and played everything. And I mean, I've played with you everything from Half-Life versus mode when you were still a kid to golden eye split screen with the girls on on the nintendo 64 and we've done a lot of games but your first mmo was wow and um i don't know how much you remember of when i'd let you when i decided that i'd let you play and that was when the burning crusade came out yeah we skipped school saying he told me uh we were going to school then took a shortcut it was awesome we spend the entire day playing brain crusade yeah we actually i we went and stood in line at the future shop and we and it was bloody cold early in the morning january wind was whipping you were all dressed up with your ski pants and everything to go to school because this is quite a few years ago now and uh and then yeah we went and stood in line and got our copies got home and I hadn't even told your mom. We, we, we played hooky and we played Burning Crusade all day. And while I was installing, we even played the, the card game. That was fun. Yeah, that was really fun. We actually collected quite a few cards for that game as well. Yeah, yeah, we did. Never got lucky with any in-game stuff, though, which is depressing. <laughs> yeah, that turtle would have been cool. It, it would have been cool. Uh, that's something that would be interesting to see whether or not they do that kind of thing with the Old Republic eventually put out a card game for it as well. I mean, we've seen card games for a variety of different games and different card TV shows and things like that. It'd be interesting to see what they could do with a, a trading card game for the Old Republic if they did the same kind of thing that they've done with WoW and make it something that they they, they tie it in with what's going on in game and give you some bonuses as well too. That'd be something that might be a lot of fun to play. And having your own character on a card. Yeah. That would be so cool. That would be justifiably cool. It so they'll be framed in the bedroom. <laughs> Indeed. The um the, the game is different, obviously, than World of Warcraft to play together. We've, we've talked about the, the gameplay of the Old Republic and how it's, it's very similar to, to WoW. Everybody knows that and everybody's made the comparison. Unfortunately, there's some aspects of it that compared to WoW several years ago. So, and WoW has since fixed a lot of those things. And I'm, I'm hoping that Star Wars will be a lot faster to improve the gameplay, to, to, to really tweak it so that it gets to, to be much better. That said, though, still... When you're playing with somebody else, it is a way, way different experience in the Old Republic as opposed to WoW. Because you actually get to choose your line and they choose theirs. So depending on who gets chosen, you can have an entire different quest to play with. 
Well, yeah, and see what what he's referring to, of course, is the the uh, when you're doing your cinematics and you're getting your quests. As everybody knows, it's a fully voiced MMO. And that being said, though, it's I mean, it's still not fully fully voiced. Yeah, there's crap loads of of quests and all that that are voiced, but there are still some that you get from these little kiosks. And I don't know if those were added later and they never got around to voicing them or what it's all about. But there are a few that are actually you you do have to read not a lot, but there are a few. But anyway, so when you go in to a cinematic to and if you're with somebody else. Then you're both part. You're both of your characters are part of the cinematic, which is very very cool. I mean, even if you are in spectator mode because you're playing with somebody, and that that quest that they're going to talk to somebody is part of their class quest, you don't have a say in in where it's going, but you at least get to be a part of it still, which which is still immersive. So it's the same thing in a role-playing sense as if you were going and you're questing with somebody and they're doing their own thing. Well, you're, of course, not going to be butting your nose in, telling them what you think they should be doing as a Jedi when you're a freaking Imperial agent, you know, or whatever. And Well, okay, those are different factions. Bad example, but you know what I mean. Um, but it's very cool because when you are going together and it's a... A, a general quest so you both have a say then basically you each choose the 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 option that you want and then from there there's a, a random dice roll invisible dice roll that determines whose choice gets taken and even though you might not get your choice it's still fun and it is still an experience that it's 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 much much better if you can do it with Skype so you're actually talking and laughing and having fun even when you don't get your roll yeah, and some of the roles, too, it's between good choices and bad choices. You might be a really good person, but your friend is not as much of a good person. So you can you can do evil things even when you don't really want to. <laughs> like one of the choices was between saving the ship and throwing the engineers into space or helping them to fix the cause. I tried the good side thing. What do you mean you tried? You got your way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it was between throwing friends into space and that I almost got chosen. Well, yeah. See, and that's the thing, too, where you can, like, the, the, the quest that he's referring to is the flashpoint that you go on to as um, the Republic. And basically, you're on the ship and the the um, the, the bridge has been locked down. And one of the ways to get around that is to reset some something reset something and by doing that though it vents out the engineering section and that's where all of the engineers are behind a they've been sealed in as well so you have the option of doing that or the lead engineer is telling you no no you can go to three vents here here and here and then do a little doohickey and then you can you can save our lives now i was good with venting them out a, it would have been faster, and B, I was going dark side all the way, baby. I wanted to see just how vile my Jedi Consular could be, which, as it turns out, is pretty freaking bad. And all you cared about was freaking Mr. Goody Two-Shoes options with your freaking Your eyes are turning red. red. Like, <laughs> you have, like, flaming eyes on your good guy. Uh, apparently not so good. So... 
so again, it is something that if you uh, if you can lock into either a good guild so you can play with some other people, or you you get some good friends that you can play with, or if you know someone and you want to play with them, it is going to be a very very interesting game to play with someone. We actually on those beta weekends made sure that you know all chores and everything was kind of taken care of so that we could really pump a lot of time into that game which gave your mom time to go and shop by herself but uh it was it was cool because at no point did it get tiring playing together at no point were you you know were you thinking ah oh, this would be a lot more fun if i was by myself or whatever which in some cases when you're playing other mmos like wow it does get to be a hassle sometimes to be waiting around for somebody or whatever and the way they have it set up too where if the person isn't yet at the quest kind of thing you can even do the freaking holocom thing so there's no waiting around for people there's no it, it's fun all the time like you said it's not a waiting thing and every quest is different. Like, yes, it's most of them are kill, go out and kill this person. But everyone has a different story behind it that you could play with your friends. And see, that's the thing that a lot of people have been talking about as well. They've been talking about how the, the quest lines aren't all that different from... Any other MMO, it's the Kelten Rats mentality and the FedEx where you're going to do a delivery or or a, a walkthrough for, for a character or something like that. And that is true. A lot of the quests are traditional MMO quests. However, the way they're presented by doing the fully voiced uh, cinematics and by immersing you and by allowing you those morality choices in terms of how you want the, the story to proceed, it, it does make all the difference in the world. So now... There were some interesting quests that we did get to to play through. Um, some that really, really stood out in our minds. We, we've got a feature that we're going to be doing a little later on, and it's going to be a, a regular feature too. And uh, basically, it's uh, hello. You've reached a quest line. How may I direct your call? <laughs> and we're going to be doing that a little later on. The first one actually is going to be from Joe, who is going to be walking us through a quest that he actually loved. And ironically, I did it a little different than him. So we'll talk about that later on. Getting back to the classes that we've played, though, just so that we can give a little bit more information in terms of those classes. So the that first weekend, you did play your Imperial Agent. And, and how did you find it overall? I think it was an amazing class to play. It's really fun. It's very, like, jumping around, hiding. There is a lot more hiding than the Jedi Knight, as you would know, oh, with yeah. the giant lightsabers attacking people. But you still still do jump out at the enemy. It's a really fun class to play. Yeah, and that weekend I played my Sith Inquisitor. And I got her... Uh, I was nearly done... Drummond Cass, which is the second planet that you go to. I was, she was in her late teens and she was an absolutely fantastic character to play. The Evil. Oh yeah, yeah. But the thing is too, is that it, it works a lot better. It actually makes sense to play a Sith Inquisitor as an evil character. Like when I was playing my Jedi Counselor and you're choosing the evil options, a lot of times they're they're not really evil. A lot of times they're greedy or they are, you know, snotty and full of yourself. Whereas the Sith Inquisitor, when you're choosing evil, you're evil. It's evil. There's a big difference. And it actually feels a lot more natural. And I like that. It, it was very, very fun. And I actually played her as an actual Sith. And 
That's kind of cool too because there's a whole backstory to the Sith there that is very, very fun. So my Sith Inquisitor, I actually played her so that she uh, branched off eventually into the healing tree just so that I can get a feel for healing in the Old Republic, which as I've mentioned on the site so far, I'm not that crazy about. I'm really not that crazy about. Um, it's, a, it's an antiquated healing system overall and because they're not allowing any mods or add-ons or changes, it's going to make healing far more difficult and far less enjoyable. Um, we'll see, of course, as we progress later on, and and um, and, and definitely going to need a lot of uh, of key binding set up for mice so that you can really set it up that you can do nearly everything on uh, using your mouse. There was a fantastic article by Mana Obscura that talked about setting up your if you have say an mmo razor mouse i've got the naga myself the mmo one which has the 12 buttons on the side and what you can do is you basically set up a side bar to be where you put your important spells that you want to bind to those side buttons and then you set them up in the key binding so that all of those side that side toolbar correspond to your num your number pad from one to nine and then that way most of the people don't use their number pad and then you can assign those to your those side buttons and that way you can just click the side buttons and yet still have your main buttons untouched because it is um a very restricted UI in terms of you have the two bars on the bottom and then the ones on either side. The bonus to this as well, I'm hoping, I'm gonna we're gonna have to test this out once the game actually launches, because I never got a chance to try it. If you follow those suggestions and put all your, your buttons on the, the like say your heels in that left toolbar, and then your companion toolbar, you have the option of breaking it out to so that you can see the whole toolbar. Because by default you only see a few buttons. Now when you do that, it gives you the option in your preferences of putting that broken out toolbar for your companion either on the bottom or on the left or on the right. However, the problem is, is that it actually covers up that toolbar in question. So you lose effectively a toolbar. What I'd like to see is whether or not by covering, say, that left toolbar that you've assigned all the buttons to your mouse, I'm hoping that it still retains the key binding on your mouse for those heels say but if you click it because that companion toolbar is on top it'll actually do the companion spells that would be a, a very good way to get around that little sh shortcoming so that you can still have effective heels or say taunts if you're a tank right there on the side of your mouse that would be really nice for us because being a bounty hunter you get mako First, as the healer, and that'll be our class healer, so being able to use the side buttons would be amazing for healing. Yeah, it'd make life a lot easier. So that was the first weekend. The next weekend, we played our... Um, who did we play that weekend? We played the Trooper and the Smuggler. The Smuggler. Yeah. yeah. And you played the Smuggler. What did you think about the Smuggler overall? Smuggler is the same as the uh, Imperial, Imperial Agent, Agent. just... Not as, like, evil for me. I was being nicer with him. But it's pretty much the same type of thing. Hiding a lot, then stunning them and doing a whole bunch of damage. Then going back to hiding and stunning the damage. 
The thing, too, with the, the smuggler is when you're choosing your quote-unquote evil options, your evil options as a smuggler tend to always be more greedy than actually evil. Yeah, you get a lot more credits as smuggler than any other class that I've played. Yeah, and then I played my trooper during that run, and I loved the trooper. I really did not think that I would, but I actually had a blast with it. The gameplay's fantastic. It's a nice AoE tanking style and uh, a ranged one as well, which if you're used to tanking in MMOs, you're used to going toe-to-toe with the Great Big Dragon. Well, in this case, you don't. You actually can range tank, which is a blast. It was actually a lot of fun playing that trooper, and they are just full of surprises. The quest line for the trooper was really good, too, because it was... Whereas the Sith Inquisitor was this very um, politically driven storyline the uh, the trooper was this military suspense kind of story so it had a lot of um a lot of suspense a lot of thriller kind of like if you're thinking of a movie if you think of a military thriller kind of movie that's what it was a lot of deception and different things it was really really cool which i'm surprised again when the first the game was first announced everybody thought well you know all anybody's going to care about are the force classes your sith warrior inquisitor and then your jedi knight and jedi consular and it's turning out that those other non-force classes have in some cases better quest lines i was blown away by the trooper the trooper seemed amazing quest line i was i was watching your character from spectator mode for most of the questline but oh it is really cool way better than the smuggler i would think well the smuggler was different the, the smuggler questline was designed to be more funny and lighthearted kind of thing um as opposed to the the trooper which is which is far more serious yeah the smuggler is like someone stole your ship and you're trying to get it back whereas for the trooper your companions like your friends your team is being taken away from you yeah so then the last weekend we the last weekend was different because we had some problems with the server and that weekend we actually lucked out and got invites on all three of the email accounts i was hoping i would be able to go back to my sith inquisitor to level her some more but they had erased that character those characters from that beta weekend um so basically we had to go back and play again We had the option of playing our trooper and our um, smuggler. However, that realm was having, that server was having some pretty serious problems. It was very, very laggy. It was slow to get on, um, getting disconnects as well. So, again, we were having problems that weekend with connections. So, we decided to try some other realms to see what they would be like. And for a little while there, we were actually playing apart because it was just too much of a pain in the butt to try to lock onto the same server. You actually got onto the good server and that's when you had started playing your Jedi Knight and I had been playing as Sith Warrior, but I was that the realm was just a pain in the butt. So finally I gave up and I went onto your realm and joined you and that's when I made my, my uh, Jedi Consular. And then we actually leveled those pretty far we we did pretty good on those and that actually was a pretty fun ride it was um 
I didn't find the quest lines were as strong as, say, the Trooper or the Sith Inquisitor, but it was still fun. And the Consular I found, it took a little while for me to get used to. But once I did get used to it, the Consular was actually a pretty fun playstyle as a healer. And that's the way that I took her. So she had a ton of crowd control and then those heals. And then you had your knight. And then we also had our companions. You had your... T, Robot. Yeah, your T3, which was a um, a tank, comes off as a tank, and I had my, um... oh shoot, who did I have the first one again? You had Quentin Fez, the... Oh, that's right, the weird dude. Yeah, the lizard. Yeah, guy. the lizard dude, who is a tank as well. So, um, yeah, Kaizen Fez. Fez. Who believes in the gamekeeper. Yes, he believes, in... no, the scorekeeper. Scorekeeper. Yeah, his, their god is a score. A scorekeeper who keeps score over their hunts. It's a very, very bizarre thing, but it's he makes it work by saying, listen, you have your force that I can't see, I can't understand. You should be able to do the same with me. Granted, my consular was just not a nice person. She, she mocked him for his beliefs. She was mean. <laughs> now, it was actually a fun play style to be working together with you as your knight and me as my consular. The, the the classes worked very well together. And that's something that we found as well when for each of our, our times that we played, there there are some classes that, that do work very well together and they did a good job by setting them up in their starter planets because not all of them start off together. So your consular and your knight start off together and then your smuggler and your trooper start off on the same planet. Your Sith Inquisitor and Sith Warrior start off on the same and then finally your bounty hunter and Imperial Agent start off together. And it's, it's again, it's well set up so that if you are playing with somebody else, you can have, say, a tank and a healer or, or or whatever you want. And then when you take into consideration your companions as well, which is very important in this game, then you really do have the potential to have a full group makeup just with two people. And that's something that's huge in this game that you're not seeing in a lot of other games. A lot of people don't understand the importance of companions. Uh, that's something that you would know if you played other Bioware games, like um, Knights of the Old Republic, like Dragon Age, like uh, Mass Effect especially. Companions are very, very important in those games, and they will be, well, they are in this game as well. Um, like, this is something that we're taking into consideration when we're planning out what our first characters are that we're planning, and that is the Bounty Hunter and Imperial Agent. And like you were saying earlier too, Mako is going to be our healer. Luckily, that's the first healer that any class gets in the game, so we're actually going to be lucking out with that combo. Which is going to be really good. There are quite a few cool companions for both of them as well with the Scorpio robot that you love, you said. Yeah. Well, the Scorpio, for the Imperial Agent, you can get Scorpio, a female droid, which kills me. <laughs> because apparently droids need boobs if they're girls. You know, that's that's just the way it is. So I'm going to have to find a little metal bra for my, my Scorpio. I can't have her going around naked. That's just wrong. It's a family game. And then there's also this Dr. Loken, who's a melee tank who actually shapeshifts, which is cool as hell. And then on your side, you also have Blizz eventually, which is a freaking Jawa. So you can have a Jawa that is a tank. Oh, I still got it. Oh, Isn't that going to be so cool during the game? <laughs> 
that's it. It was. It was. Oh. <laughs> so yes, we just want him tanking just because he's a cute little tank. Yeah. But, I would definitely put him on just for that. <laughs> the companions are important, like I said, for a variety of reasons, not just because of the group makeup, which is very important. I mean, we were able to um, get through flashpoints, just the two of us, because of our companions. That says a lot about what the importance that those companions have. Now, granted, the ones that we did, I was the healer. And I can tell you, I think it was probably a good thing that I was because I can, I know the importance of, okay, who really needs a heal here and who can be sacrificed? Whereas I'm not so sure Mako's going to be able to figure that out. I'm hoping she will and we'll see when we're playing. Now, the other important things about the companions is the, um, you're using them for all of your professions. So for your crafting and for your gathering and for your mission quest or mission professions, you're using your companions. And each of them have skill, uh, crew skill bonuses. So you need to take that into consideration when you're deciding who you're going to use for what professions and what professions you're going to use as well, take up, because... When you're looking at your professions, whatever it is that you're creating, if you're going to be a crafter, you can also use on your companions. This is a very, very in-depth crafting, or not just crafting, but profession system. Yeah, as you said, there was lots of crafting that you only use your companions for. It's just you don't go out and get stuff. You get them to go out and get stuff. There are three different types of crafting. There's the... You can send your guys out and some of them even take like overnight to get back, but you send them out and they get stuff for you, then bring it back. Yeah, that's kind of cool too. What I especially like about that is that you can set them, you can set them to go do a mission, uh, 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 a mission and then, or to craft something and then log out. And then while you're logged off, your your little monkeys are still dancing. They're still doing their their jig there. And when you log back in, you're rewarded with whatever it is that you sent them out to do. So if right before you log off, you just send them all out to do stuff, by the time you get back on, you're going to have, like, a whole bunch of new items. New items or, yeah, different things. Um, the mission... The mission things are are interesting because we haven't really seen that too much in other games. It's kind of cool because, again, you send them off on different missions depending on uh, what type of, of um, what type of profession it is that you chose for missions and then they'll go and do that whether it's underground trading or diplomacy and different things like that and then they'll go and do that and for each one of the mission things too they come back with gifts as well now this is something else that people who aren't used to companions may not be used to but if you've played Bioware games you know those gifts are important what happens is that while you're playing the game too anytime you are making those moral choices your companion may not agree with you. And as we saw with you, <laughs> that just wanted to please your T... What is he again? He's a T7, isn't he? Or a T3? Uh, T701. Yeah. T701. So your T7, well, you kept trying to be nice for him so that he liked you. And it is important for them to like you because that will actually unlock different things in the game for you as well. So it is something that you want to work towards. But if you are say the different morality as your companion 
and they don't quite like you enough, that's not a problem because you can also give them gifts which will make them like you more. So that's actually fairly important and it will unlock different things as well. If it's anything like, say, Dragon Age or Mass Effect, giving different gifts actually can unlock quests as well. And that is bloody cool. Like in Dragon Age, for the different quests or different uh, items that you gave to different people, it unlocked very, very cool quest lines like with Morrigan and with the others. Very, very cool stuff. So I'm looking forward to seeing what that will mean for here. Yeah, it will be cool doing quests with your companions. Their specific quests only for them. Well, it's cool because to the the it makes your companions feel more real. Yeah, very real. And that's, I mean, when you're looking at a screen and it's already hard enough to get immersed in a game sometimes, well, here they're making it so that it is far easier. And it's funny because when we were playing, we were referring to our characters by names. It was like they were a part of our group, and it was fun. It wasn't the pet or the companion. It was T7 or... Kaizen Fez in that case. Kaizen Fez or like who they are. You don't just call them the other thing. Yeah, the other thing. The other thing too is that there are going to be some uh, romance options. Now, this is something else that some people are just against, think it's absolutely ridiculous and nerdy and well, call it what you will. It's actually a very cool aspect to the game and it actually opens up a lot more in the game. Once again, you can open up entire quest lines. The thing is, is if you're playing the Old Republic, you're playing for the story. You're not playing for the gameplay or things like that because again, you can get the gameplay in WoW or in other games. You can wait for Terra that's going to have amazing gameplay or Guild Wars 2 two that have both up the ante in terms of gameplay star wars has up the ante in terms of story so you're going to be playing for the story so you're going to want to be doing these romance options and i'm looking forward to seeing what those romance options are going to be what it's going to open up what it's going to mean to your group because i mean hell you can marry your companion you can divorce your companion it's the first game where you can divorce your companion how cool is that yeah, that is amazing. I did a bit of romance stuff for my character. I broke the Jedi code for my Jedi character, but it's pretty cool. You get to see differently. Like, my character was a gay to choose, and I broke the Jedi code and sort of did more how I would like to play him. Yeah. So now, like I said earlier too, the game is going to be starting on the 13th. Originally, they'd been saying the 15th, and then all of a sudden they came out and shocked us by saying the 13th, and it's going to be starting at 7 a.m. Eastern time. Now, the thing with that, though, is that your invite into the pre the early game access is going to be based on when you registered, pre-registered your when you registered your pre-order code and basically what that means is that when the game went on sale initially you were given a code that you were supposed to register on the site and that there when you did that is going to based on when you can get in just because it's starting on the 13th it doesn't mean you're going to get in on the 13th they've already said they're staggering when they're letting people in luckily the game went on sale at three in the morning and i bought our copies pre-ordered at four in the morning so there's absolutely no reason why we shouldn't be able to make it in on the 13th which would be amazing being a week earlier 
yeah, that's a full week earlier, which makes a big difference because not only is that allowing you to get perhaps the name that you want, lock in a couple of names that you would want, but it allows you to get a head start as well so that basically you can get through those the starter planet, maybe even the second planet in that time so that you're not in that huge rush of people that are all fighting for the same mobs. Which will allow much more flexibility instead of having to camp one spot for hours to get a specific mob you can play more of the game yeah there were some spots that we saw in beta that it was bad you were waiting for a little while not a couple of hours but you were waiting for a little while and and that's just not fun and i know that they're trying to make it so that the respawn rate is going to be better for release and uh and so that's going to be something that remains to be seen now we also got some news in terms of the legacy system now the legacy system for those who's not who aren't aware is where once you get to finish your your um, the the main quest line story you it's around uh, level 30 between 30 and 35 I found out and once you do that then you get to pick that name that you want as your legacy name that you can then apply to all of your characters if you want now what happens is that you're also then on every alt that you play earning those legacy points. So when you're watching the little chat thing where it's saying you earn X amount of experience, it's also saying how much how many legacy points you earned. And didn't they say that they might add new stuff as well as may a character playable character? Well, that was a rumor, but they did say actually that they did add some stuff in. It's going to be added in later, but they've already confirmed that there is going to be some options in terms of specific skills as well as specific um, appearance options when you're creating your character. So we are already finding out about different things that will be available to you if you go down the legacy route. And it's a nice cookie for those who are the Altaholics, whereas the Raiders are going to get the absolutely awesome gear than the Altaholics who don't work towards, again, end game raid, but just enjoy all of the classes and all the different quests. They get something that's justifiably awesome as well. And being together, we might actually be able to have the same name or almost the same name. I think it's going to wind up having to be almost and not the same because they haven't even hinted that they're going to be allowing other people to join your legacy. So that's a little disappointing, but we will figure out a way to have very similar names so that it does have the appearance that we are part of the same quote unquote family kind of thing. So that's going to be, it's, I think it's a very, very cool system. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what else that they can do with that system. Now, one of the other things that I got to try out while I was playing is I actually made it to the um, space combat section of the game. I actually made it, got my ship, and um, that wound up being literally hours before the beta weekend was ending for me. And I got to try out my ship and I got to walk on the ship. And it's it feels very similar to Mass Effect where you go on your ship, albeit it's quite a bit smaller than the Normandy. And this was the ship that I went on was the one for the Jedi Consular. It's, uh, it's, the Jedi Consular's ship is probably one of the worst ships in terms of appearance and layout. But it's still justifiably very very cool and then from there you can speak to your companions who are on the ship with you you can go into your room and you have a, a private safe which is the equivalent of a bank space kind of thing you can also um, plot your courses to go to different areas and whatnot and then you can also do the space combat 
quests. I did get to do that. I, I, I did it over and over again. I didn't, I didn't win, <laughs> but I think that's because I chose one of the harder ones from later and not one of the first one that you're actually supposed to do because I was talking to Vince about this and yeah, the first one is quite easy, but the other ones after that, oh, so I didn't have enough armor on my ship and things like that because I hadn't upgraded my ship, obviously. And so I got the poop beat out of me, but I had a blast. It's yes, it's on rails. So you're always going in a specific uh, trajectory of where you're going kind of thing but you do have some movement options you can move around asteroids and planets and different things like that and then the aiming and shooting obviously it actually was a lot of fun it's not as full-fledged as a full tie fighter game kind of thing but it still was a lot of fun and it's good that they put it in because i couldn't see a star wars game having no spaceship fights because spaceships are part of that universe very very true it is and what i'm hoping is that they're really going to push hard with different other options that you can do with it and it would be nice if they set it up so that you could do the space combat with uh um someone that you're grouped with. So if I'm grouped with you and then I go on your ship and we're doing space combat, it could be like uh, Star Wars where, you know, I'm on the back kind of gunner thing and then you're up front and then we're each working together to clear the space. That would be insanely cool being able to be together doing that. And it would fit into the lore of the game. I mean, that's the whole thing with Han Solo and Luke when they're going there and one's on one gun and one's on the other kind of thing and they're trying to keep track of who's getting the most shot kills and things. Like, it would be something that would fit so well into the lore of Star Wars and be a lot of fun. So, moving on from there, one of the things that has really gotten me excited actually for the game, ironically, is not even the freaking game. It's the novel that just came out for the game in that universe. I'm talking about Star Wars The Old Republic Revan. And that novel came out a little while ago. And it is sent right before the events that are in The Old Republic. And it's very... Well, I shouldn't say right, right before. But, you know, before. It is a phenomenal novel. I actually started it a while back. And... I ripped through it really quickly because I was having so much fun with it. I'm actually going to be doing a full feature review of it for our my other podcast, For the Lore. So if you're interested in hearing a full review, you can check out For the Lore episode 92, which we're going to be recording on Monday. And uh, it'll be released on Tuesday, and you can listen to that if you're interested in knowing what I thought. If you are at all interested with any of the lore... If you're at all interested in knowing what happened after KOTOR, this is something that you definitely, definitely want to pick up. Phenomenal novel, beginning to end. And it's funny how even just with my three beta weekends, I'm already seeing how I can appreciate the game a lot more because of all the intricacies that I read in the novel. And then one of the companions even that you get as a Jedi Knight is Lord Scourge. Well, Lord Scourge is one of two major characters in the Revan novel. You get his whole story. And based on the ending of Revan and what I've read about, or not, yeah, based on the ending of Revan and based on what I've read f about Lord Scourge as a companion, I'm dying to know how he gets from that point in the novel to in the game. It's 
it's really got me excited to actually play a knight, and I really didn't even want to play a knight just so I can know that companion story. Because that would be cool seeing the change from Dark Lord, Sith Lord, to Jedi Lord. Yeah. Which is a big jump for anything. Yeah. And then the novel is fantastic if you played KOTOR. Now, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I never finished KOTOR. I had started it, never finished it. And I've recently started it again, just so that I can get through that story finally, because I really do want to finish it. You, however, played through it. You never exactly finished it, be, but that wasn't your fault. <laughs> very last boss. The very last boss, I was going to fight Malik. And then the the entire game guy raced. Well, that's because we had sent our Xbox. I The Xbox had been out for a long time by then. And I'd given my Xbox to a buddy of mine to mod it so that we could use it as an HTPC and hook it up to the TV to watch movies and TVs and stuff, TV shows. And he had told me he would make sure that all of the game saves stayed on it. But he didn't. So you lost your game save, save all those uh, dozens and I don't know how many hours you pumped into it. It was a that lot. That was at least like a day of playing. <laughs> it was more that than that. Was, that was an amazing game. The stories were amazing. The companions, it was, it was awesome, but very last boss. So in KOTOR, though, just, I mean... There's a there's there's a deadline on spoiler warnings here. Don't really need to there's don't need to to, to worry about spoiling. We can spoil a game that's that old. Um, so in Kotor though, you actually play as Revan. Now, in the novel, you find out again that Revan was a Jedi Knight, a master, and then he went off to fight the Mandalorian War. During that time after they beat everybody, and he was with Malak, also a Jedi at the time, once they beat the Mandalorians, they then had the uh, Mandalore's helm, and that is who decides basically who will be in charge of the Mandalorians. So to cripple the Mandalorians, because Revan had fought the Mandalore, in single combat, he took the helm and then he decided to hide it on a deserted planet where it would never be found, which would then effectively cripple the Mandalorian race. So he and Malik went to go hide it on this ice planet and there they found something related to the Sith, which then led them to go investigate that. And at one point then, they were captured by the... Um, by the the emperor who essentially turned them to the dark side and that's where now this is all backstory that you read in Revan because in the the present time in Revan he's back to himself but that all occurs in the span in in um in Kotor as well because in Kotor you are Revan that's as you were saying the getting turned into Sith brainwashed into the Sith, that is where it goes into KOTOR. You're using a starship to get to one of the planets where Basila attacks you with her own starship, then Malik, thinking that he could eliminate two enemies, getting himself to be the master, not the apprentice, and uh, Basila's battle meditation, 
he actually tried to kill you, but knocking you unconscious, she sort of brainwashed you back into being good. See, in the novel, it's actually not her who brainwashes him. It's the Jedi Council, and they're the ones that work together, and she is actually very much against it. In the novel, she is married to Revan. So it's it's a little bit different there, but it still kind of fits. So then in KOTOR, you wind up, again, eventually you find out that you are Revan, and then you go after Malik. And Malik has actually taken Bastila and, like, forced her into being on the Sith and tried to use her battle meditation to actually destroy the Republic. But you get there in time to bring Basila back right before the big fight at the end. Yeah, and that's um, that's something that's in the novel as well. You find out that he, in fact, did save Bastila, and uh, and that's what made them closer as well. They had a, a link before that as well. So the novel then starts off with him having dreams of Drummond Cass, actually, which is interesting because when you are playing the game, you're going to notice when you're on Drummond Cass that there's always this lightning storm all over the place. And when I was playing it, I just thought it was a cool effect. You don't realize that it's just because of the dark energy on that planet, because that's the Emperor's planet, that there that's why there is all of that that lightning storm that's perpetually there and Revan has these nightmares about this place and he knows that there's something that he has to do he has to figure out why otherwise it will lead to another Sith invasion that could threaten to you know kill all of the Jedis so he takes off on this quest to go and find out what is going on it needs it leads him eventually to the planet where the Emperor first got the 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 majority of his power and that's when he stole the 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 force from every living thing on that planet and reduced it to a planet without any force at all and then from there he winds up being abducted by um, lord scourge and then held captive for three or four years and then eventually he gets saved but you get the story his story as well as lord scourge and it is a phenomenal phenomenal novel all the way around and it does really help you appreciate the game world that much more because again just now when i think about walking out on drum and cast i've got that history from reading that novel now while i'm re when i'm walking around Coruscant I've got that as well and it, it really does help uh, immensely yeah and from the story thing it's nice to see the story from different views as well because Karth one of the first characters you get in KOTOR is he was like he looked up to them as gods Malik and Revan but then they left and came back as Sith to help destroy the Republic. So it's nice seeing it from a different point of view, seeing how everyone else thinks of it. Yeah, this one here, you are seeing Revan as the hero, but he's kind of the underground underdog hero because essentially he still doesn't forgive himself entirely for everything that he did when he was turned to the dark side. And, and obviously it was a hell of a lot. So again, fantastic read. Make sure to check it out. Next week, we're going to talk a little bit about the comic book miniseries, The Lost Sons, which also ties directly in to the old Republic. 
Republic. I actually have already read it, Tristan. You're going to be reading it this week, so that next week we're going to be prepared to talk about it in depth. It was it was a fantastic miniseries, and again, just got me so excited about playing the game. So the uh, we're going to close out with the quest line, and we're going to be playing Joe's quest line in a moment. The um, the quest line in question is called Dreams of Korriban. Now, like I was saying before, it's interesting talking about quest lines in this game simply because you have so many choices in terms of um, your moral choices of how you want the quest line to proceed. And it's very interesting just how different it can be as well. Now, we both got to play this quest line. Um, the way that I played it, well, well, just to start off, basically, you start off and there's a woman named Gianna. And she has a son who's Force-sensitive, Zyam. Now, she wants you to go and get Zyam because he's been abducted by her estranged husband, Kendral. Now, she wants to send Zyam to the Sith Academy on Korriban. However, um, Kendral does not want him to go. Now, Kendral did go to the Sith Academy many years ago, but he washed out. He wasn't strong enough to stay there. So she's got no respect for Kendral. And, uh, and there's been some marital strife there and he doesn't want his son to go because he knows what the Sith Academy is like. Now I can tell you right off me having played a Sith Inquisitor and having been the you start off as a slave who goes there and has to prove himself I can tell you he's right <laughs> the Sith Academy is not a pleasant place to be and they are not if you fail a test it's not like you're getting an F you're getting zapped by lightning and killed so he doesn't want that to happen to his son. So he's trying to shelter him and take him off world so that she can't send him off. She, however, is, well, she's just a little psycho is what she is. <laughs> and so she wants to send him. So how did you play that question when you did it on your Imperial agent? When I was doing my Imperial agent, I was the worst that I could be, the meanest. So when I did it, I actually took the evil choice. It wasn't very it was terrible but you're he's trying to protect his son and you shoot him in front of his son then pretty much shoo his son back to the mom which is evil as evil can get i think <laughs> well that's basically what i did as well too i was on my imperial agent and I actually I had done a lot of the other quests and not that one. That one doesn't take very long, but I'd been doing some other stuff. So when I finally got to that, well, I'd been choosing a lot more evil things and, and it was closing in on the end of the beta weekend. So I was prepared to do things that I may not otherwise do. So I just chose the evil to see just how bad it could get. And yeah, basically you go and confront Kendrill as he and his son are about to leave and you tell him, listen, the kid's got to come back. And then he gives you the option of giving you some credits to bribe you into going back and telling Gianna that they couldn't, you couldn't find them kind of thing. And you also have the option, you have a couple of options, but one of the other ones too is to just know and shoot him. And then you tell the kid to go back to his mom. And that's what I chose as well. And it's, it is, it is justifiably just point blank evil. It is terrible and like you've traumatized this kid and then you treat him like dirt after and just uh, go run back to your mom and then when you go back and talk to the the mother then she gives you a reward and you find out that she just isn't you know she she just wants the best for her son and this and that um but yeah it is a very powerful quest 
that's not even one of the class quests. It's just a quest that you find. And it's just like a 20-second quest. It's run here, talk to her, run there, talk to him, but it really is big. It has an impact on your character. What's funny is that as we've been talking to other people who've played the game as well and hearing from others as well, you you really develop a bond with the character that you are playing. You really have, your character is very well identified. You know who they are. You know the choices that they're going to make and things like that. And so when you come up against choices like this, it's very hard to say choose a choice that you would want to do just to see what happens. It's different in the beta because you don't care. They're, they're, the characters are going to be wiped. But in terms of when you're playing a character that you know you're going to keep a long time it's it's going to be more difficult to choose to make those choices because it's hard to justify that the, the character that you know so well would necessarily do something like that like my bounty hunter wouldn't do that i wouldn't do that with my bounty hunter he's gonna be evil yeah but he's not going to kill a father in front of his son okay well i'm glad <laughs> and with that, we'll give you this. Hello, you've reached a quest line. How may I direct your call? The name's Loader Starwind. You better remember it. Do you know what's going to happen in a few months' time? Well, you owe somebody money, you get on the wrong side of somebody, it might be me that comes to find you. Well, that's if I make it past the Great Hunt. You see, you want to make it in the universe as a bounty hunter? You gotta survive the Great Hunt. You gotta win it. If you don't win it, well, you're either dead or as good as dead. I don't intend to be dead. No, I intend to be the best. So I'll do jobs here and there, make a name for myself, trying to get myself some backing. Sure, most of the jobs, they're simple. Go here, rough this person up. Retrieve this piece of cargo. Tell this person that, well, I said hello with a laser shot right in the face. Easy stuff. Kid stuff. Nah, I do the hard stuff. Wrangling Rancor eggs. Diving into rival territory. Taking out gang leaders and work bosses and labor bosses. Nah, see, that's me. There's one job, though, that's been sticking with me. See, I'm coming out of home base. And there's this lady, and she's just bawling her eyes out. I'm thinking to myself, what's a lady doing here? This isn't exactly a friendly part of town. So I walk over to her, I take a look, she looks up at me, sees that I'm a particular breed of person, so she's got a job for me. Credits are good, I'm always going to take a job, right? So I ask her what the deal is. She tells me her husband ran away with her kid. Says that she was supposed to send her kid off to some Sith Academy somewhere. That her husband decided to up and run. She tells me there's good, good credits in it for me, if I can get... Her kid off in that shuttle to off to Sith training. You can either bring her husband home or make sure he doesn't come home ever again. Well, so I make my way over to where the, the, the main transportation station is. And I find me this kid and I find me his dad. Turns out his dad tried to train to be a Sith. And you know what happened? He failed. Yet he's still alive. So I got old Loader thinking... I hear stories about these Sith warriors. When they fail their training, they die. He ain't dead. Which means either he's tough as nails, and I'm not ready to fight that, or he's smart. Either way, he learned to survive. I can respect that. 
Doesn't want his kid going there. Doesn't want his kid growing up in those ideals. Wants his kid to be a normal, normal kid. Play with his friends. You know, stuff that they do. So, talk to him man to man. Tell him I ain't gonna kill him. Tell him that his wife wants him pretty much dead. That his son, son's supposed to go to Sith training. Well, we make up a story, right? Tons of kids go for Sith training. Half of them don't make it past the first day. So tell him, get the hell out of there. You know what that bastard does? He hugs me. Tells me he's grateful, hands me a handful of creds. Money's good, right? So come up with a story. I'm supposed to tell the, the old lady that the man, well, her husband had a change of heart. Decided to take his kid to Sith training himself. And if he survives coming back and showing his face, well, then they'll be one big happy family again. But if he never comes back, it's just going to be assumed that he got killed for showing his face back at the Sith Academy. And if the kid doesn't come back, well, sorry, just wasn't strong enough. Now, I try to make it a point not to lie to my clients, but I learned something very important today. One, I'll never shoot a lady in the face, not unless she's shooting at me first. And two, I ain't about to murder a kid's parents in front of him in cold blood. See, I was an orphan myself, and I don't play that game. So, send them on their way, I head back, talk to the lady, tell her everything's honky-dory. She thanks me, tells me that sometimes it takes an outsider to end a squabble between married people. What does she do? Pays me extra for my time. So old loader, saved a life, didn't have to scar a kid, made the universe a better place, and lined my pockets all at the same time. And as far as she's concerned, well... I roughed them up a bit and sent them on their way. Like I said, I don't make it a point to a lot of my clients, but I ain't about to do that to a kid. Every kid needs their dad. Well, most of them anyway. So I'm going to keep on trucking. I'm going to go through, make sure my armor's all polished up and fueled up. Make my way on to the next job. Make my way one step closer to the great hunt. Why? Because I'm taking it home. I'm going to win it all. And you will fear the name Loader Starwind. And with that, we're actually going to wrap it up for this first episode. Thank you very much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the show. We will be recording every Saturday and releasing the podcast either on Sunday or on Monday. I hope everybody has a blast if they are lucky enough to get in on Tuesday. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to thedroidcast at gmail.com. And you can reach us on Twitter at thedroidcast. Thanks again. We'll talk to you guys later. You could say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have fun and see you next time on the Droidcast. Well, that's a little too robotish. I guess it fits. Okay. Have fun and see you next week on the Droidcast. <laughs> We're supposed to be droids. <laughs> dun 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 dun. Sing. I just go. Just say, see, I'm hearing noise. That helps. That would help. Can we get some music going? 
if we started up, if we had like this starting soundtrack for Star Wars, I think I could do it. I think I'd feel a bit more prepped. Yay! Are you gonna block your house? Oh no. <laughs> I don't know how good my voice sounds. I can do it without plugging my nose. Well, <laughs> actually, I don't know yeah. if I can. <laughs> I lied. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how many times I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> 